you're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. For those of you who've never been to the Sydney flower market, I still think we need to arrange a field trip. (laughs) Because it is literally like, well, it's organized chaos, the scale of which is a little bit unimaginable. I don't know what that word would be. Unimaginable. (laughs) How do we speak with the English? How do we use the words? It feels hard. Anyway, you get what I'm trying to say. But it is unlike any other wholesale flower market I have ever been to. One of the biggest factors being the general public is allowed in and the size and the scale of it. It is multiple acres, my friends, multiple acres. And I will tell you, as a new florist who's living out of town, (laughs) thinking back to my earliest trips up to the Sydney flower market. So for me, that drive used to be 101 kilometers there and 101 kilometers back. Exactly. Right to my parking spot from my driveway to my parking spot was 101 kilometers. I always thought that was a sign. However, if you are a floral designer and you feel incredibly intimidated by going to the wholesalers, that's okay. I will tell you, going to the wholesalers can feel like a very intimidating experience. It's to everybody's benefit to have experienced the Sydney flower market at least once in your life. And then if you swear you never want to go back again, I completely understand. (laughs) If you are there every week, multiple times a week, I give you full credit for just still being a lovely human being who's able to function because it's so incredibly intense. And I wanted to put together this podcast to help those of you who really are feeling like you're on unsteady ground with wholesalers, or maybe you want to build better relationships with your wholesalers. Maybe you want to reach out and build relationships with local growers. Maybe you aren't even a floral designer and you're like, I know I have suppliers, but I'm just super intimidated and I don't know how to build relationships with them. I wanted to pass along my three tips, my three things that I think have really helped in terms of building relationships with wholesalers and building relationships quickly. One of the things that I learned through the early few years of being a floral designer and a business owner is that so much of your design success, the quality of the work you're putting out into the world and the longevity of your designs is contingent upon the quality of the relationships that you have with wholesalers. And being able to build better relationships takes time. Also, being able to have a great first impression so that you can be on the right foot when it comes to building relationships is super duper helpful. And one of the design principles that I like to follow is an adaptation of this concept called Pareto's Principle. And Pareto's Principle states 
that 80% of the outcome is driven by 20% of the input. Now you'll hear Pareto's principle used in lots of different contexts, but it's this idea that 80% of the results is actually dictated by 20% of the inputs. I wholeheartedly believe that that is true when it comes to design, when it comes to floristry. Because, and I remember being taught this by Jardine Hansen when she said, focus your energy and your time on planning your ingredients and picking quality ingredients. Because then, even on your worst day, it's really hard to fuck it up. Now, those of you that know Jardine, it's very unlikely that she would have used that word. <laughs> but that's the way that it's ingrained in my brain. And this idea of spend more time, spend your energy planning out your ingredients, thinking about your ingredients, sourcing your ingredients, and the design and the results becomes so much better. So if we take Pareto's principle and we apply it to the principle of floral design, it could be 80% of the design output is dictated by the ingredients. And I know that that is when my design ability went to a whole new level of goodness was when I really started to take more time and be much more intentional in terms of my ingredient selection, the quality of the ingredients, the ingredients I was pairing with each other, the, you know, decisions around foliages and textures and what I was going to feature and what was going to go with what and what's complementary and what's an accent and what's a filler and what's fluff and all that stuff putting more focus and energy on that made the design process so much simpler, but it also made the end result so much better. And in the context of thinking about the relationships with wholesalers, it's very possible that in many cases we can make or break the end result of the design by the relationships with our wholesalers. And I don't want that to feel like a scary thought, but I want it to feel like opening up to possibilities. And remembering like this whole idea of how many small scale growers are popping up all over the place and you as the floral designer being able to have access to that as a little bit of your secret weapon actually does make your job so much easier. So much of our output and so much of our own success is contingent upon our relationships with our wholesalers. What can you get your hands on? Who can you connect with in order to present the highest quality product, unique ingredients, in-season designs? What can you do in terms of building those relationships? And it's something that I love thinking about in terms of always something to be improving. Like there isn't this magic, you walk in one day and your wholesaler relationships are completely solidified and you never need to work on it again. It's exactly like every other human relationship that we have in the world. Relationships are something that we have to continually work on. They are ever evolving and changing and adjusting. And when you're thinking about your relationships with wholesalers, essentially what's happening is that two businesses are coming together, agreeing to collaborate. They're exchanging money for a product, money for services. And there is inferred agreement and explicit agreement in terms of communication, the process and the systems. It's very functional, but at the same time, it's also just another relationship to be managed. If we take ourselves out of the floral design industry for a second and pretend like we run a restaurant, 
let's pretend you run a fancy two or three star Michelin restaurant. If you've ever watched one of those documentaries or one of those like cooking shows where they interview those chefs and you think about and you look at how much time and energy those humans are investing in sourcing quality ingredients. I remember, and I'm pretty sure it is, is it pronounced Juro Dreams of Sushi? Is that the documentary about the super tiny in the train station restaurant in Japan? But I'm pretty sure it's that documentary where it's his son who still goes to the fish market himself. This is how important the ingredients are to them as the chef. It's so helpful to think about all of these famous restaurants, all of these world-class restaurants, and how much energy they are putting into sourcing their ingredients, and who is planting their own cutting gardens, and who is planting you know, little accents that they can throw on as garnishes, and then who's partnering with very specific heirloom growers of niche products, and who's asking for exclusive relationships with that specific supplier of beef, like just thinking about how much energy chefs put into who and where they get their food from. Floristry is exactly the same. Because if we take that idea of 20% of the inputs drive 80% of the outputs. If you decided that your ingredients and very specifically your relationships with wholesalers were going to be the thing that helped you take your design and the quality of your designs to the next level, and you invested energy in building those relationships, I think you'd be surprised at the positive impact that that could have. But I also know that being the new florist, being super intimidated by wholesalers, particularly for us, and I know this isn't true everywhere, but it's a big dynamic between mostly you know, female florists and then mostly male growers. It's a very interesting dynamic. There's some generational shift. There's some cultural shift. There's some just human being shift in terms of that's not necessarily true across the board. 100% it's true for me. So I will talk about this just purely from my experience because I know it's helpful. Being a woman walking into that environment who is not extroverted, I do not walk around naturally thinking I have a clue what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm still trying to figure out when the heck amaranthus is in season, which is, unfortunately I now know. But this whole idea of when you walk into a wholesaler and there's no prices on anything, you're still trying to learn the names of all the ingredients, you're still trying to figure out seasonality, and then you're looking at what's around and you're like, but this isn't what I'm seeing on all the famous florist Instagram feeds, like, where's all the secret good stuff? Like, what have you got hidden away? <laughs> and this is my favorite. This is absolutely welcome to the inside of my brain. There's no prices listed on anything and I look like a total noob, so you're going to charge me at least 20 to 50% more than you're going to charge the next person. That's how I think it works. <laughs> because I walk around. And so for those of you guys who order from wholesalers and they deliver to you, when you go to most of the wholesale markets here in Australia, the product is just out on the floor. It's in the cool room. Sometimes there's prices on stuff. Sometimes there isn't. Nobody's handing out price lists. Nobody's telling you prices ahead of time. 
you're just picking stuff up and taking it up to the counter and fingers crossed you have enough money in your bank account. (laughs) That's the way shopping for flowers from a wholesale point of view happens in Australia. Now that's not exactly true, but you get the point. It's a very different experience than if you are emailed a list or even if you're able to order through an online porter Well, lists are very specifically, I should say prices are very specifically listed and you can see what your totals are and it's like online shopping. <laughs> it's not that. Imagine going to the grocery store and there not being prices on anything and you kind of taking a bit of a guess and you're just hoping <laughs> by the time you get to the checkout, you've hit your budget. Yeah. Like, it's so fascinating what a mindfuck this whole experience is. And when you are like me and you're very intimidated and you're very, you know, shy and you're lacking confidence and you like don't want to ask all the newbie questions, like you don't want to ask what the name is that is, how much is it? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like, literally, I know I've said this to you guys before, but the idea of like, no, did we just walk onto the set of Mean Girls? Like, is that jungle fight actually going to happen? I mean, I've also been at the Sydney flower market. This was a very memorable Valentine's Day experience when the cops were called because a fight broke out in the parking lot. Do you guys remember that? That was fun. That was a fun year. (laughs) I also, and this is, it's a unique experience, my friends, to be able to go to the Sydney flower market and the scale that it's at. And when, you know, the general public is coming and going and like so much resentment from those of us who are paying for parking spots and then somebody comes in and parks next to you. <laughs> like a woman got so mad at me because I wouldn't close my door because it was fucking Mother's Day and I was trying to pack the van. Anyway, she just got real mad at me. And as you do when you're a florist in Australia and you've been up since 3.30, I just literally stood there and smiled. I wanted to laugh because you're so tired and it's so ridiculous what's about to happen over the next five to six days. I just like shook my head. (laughs) You clearly have no idea what it's like to be a florist around Mother's Day, do you, lady? (laughs) Anyway, it makes me laugh because it's so absurd. Like you cannot script and choreograph these things in terms of some of the incidences at the Sydney flower market in particular, because it is just unlike, it's unlike anything. And I can't wait to start going to more wholesale markets just to be able to compare it. Because at this point in time, my friends, (laughs) it's like, whoa, it's an intense experience. So what can we do in terms of how to set ourselves up for success to build better relationships with our wholesalers? And here's the thing, when you are a new designer, even if you've gone in and you bought somebody else's shop and maybe you've been introduced to somebody virtually, maybe you have a new sales rep, I think this is super helpful regardless of where you are in your wholesale relationship because it might even be that you want to approach one of the local growers or you want to approach somebody that you found on Instagram or you want to send an email and it's like, oh my God, what do I say? What do I do? Here we go. This is what I want you to know. When it comes to building relationships with wholesalers, remember you are a stranger and they don't know you from Adam. And if your name's Adam, then that's funny. (laughs) But they don't know you from Adam, right? So you are literally just put into the bucket of every other generic newbie florist or new to the area floral designer. So most of the time, and this is just from my experience, but most of the time, they're not really going to give you the time of day. 
They don't think you're important and they have no evidence to show that you are important. So it's okay that they don't think you're important. It's okay that they don't know the difference between you and the next person down the street. That's okay. It's not a personal attack. It's not a personal affront. And it is not a reason for your brain to go back into the repeat process of I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be able to figure it out. It's literally a wholesaler going, should I be bothered? Are you going to pay your bills? Are you going to pee a pain in my ass? Are you going to be another annoying florist who yells at me because the peonies aren't quality or the peonies aren't in season, or I didn't get the toffee roses in time? Like, are you a good, genuine human being or are you not? And to their credit, I think it's fair enough that they approach us with some skepticism. <laughs> like, I can't blame, I cannot blame the wholesalers that they look at us and they're like, should I trust you? Are you going to pay your bills? Do you have a business that is worthy of me going out of my way and over delivering or not? And this idea of building trust with your wholesalers. And if I think about it from the wholesalers point of view, and particularly for those of you guys where you look at some of the very well-established big you know, whether they have a shop or they've been in business for decades, they're like buying so much product every single time they go to the markets, every time they go to the wholesalers. If I think about the wholesaler relationship with those florists, I think the wholesaler is making the right decision by prioritizing his relationship with those established businesses. I don't think if I was running that wholesaler, I'd be like, yeah, just give all the preference to the newbie florist that you've never met before instead of giving the preference to the established, paying their bills, you know, buying Christmas presents, hopefully treating you with some respect. I'm assuming all of these things. But if it's a good relationship, I do think the wholesaler is right in terms of prioritizing their relationships with the well-established people who are buying at that volume. So it is frustrating when you're a new designer and you don't feel like you're getting the best products. You don't feel like you're getting preferential treatment. You don't feel like you're getting access to the good stuff. But again, it's not a personal affront. It's not a personal attack on you. This is a business relationship. The wholesalers are running a business. They are carrying an incredible amount of the risk by bringing this product in from the growers, bringing this product in from overseas, bringing this product in wherever they're bringing it in from. It is the wholesaler who is bearing the risk. Their job is very stressful. It's okay. And I will always <laughs> remember the day that I was like, yeah, it's not Tony's fault that the donkey didn't arrive out of Columbia to the airport to get the toffee roses on the plane, to get them on the plane over to Australia, to get them through agriculture, Australia, to then get them to the warehouse. Like these wholesalers have nothing to do with all of the logistics to make that happen. They are doing the best that they can with what they can control and they cannot control every single thing. Yes, they can control who they do work with overseas or who they do work with in terms of local growers. But at the end of the day, the wholesalers are going to prioritize the money making decisions and that's their prerogative and that's what keeps them in business. Now, one of the things that I love thinking about, because there are times where I was like, if I'm not getting treated well by these wholesalers, I've got choices. My friends, there is an abundance of choices here at this wholesale market that we have access to. 
There are local growers that we can have access to. So one of the thoughts that's always been really powerful for me, one of the beliefs that's been super powerful for me is when you are approaching a new wholesaler or a new grower and they don't want to give you the time of day, remember, you get to decide if you want to do business with them. But here's the thing. Where our brains want to go to, look, this is evidence of the fact that I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be able to figure it out. The redirect that I like to offer my inner critic, the redirect that I like to propose is, huh, that's so funny. It's so good that you're going to underestimate me. <laughs> like literally, do you know who I am going to be is the thought that really fuels me through so much of that uncertainty. Like shame on you for missing out because you could be one of the founding partners of the magic of this business. And that thought has served me so well through all the ups and downs of being a business owner and actually building relationships with other business owners who are suppliers. Finding people who are very like-minded, who are willing to ride this kind of roller coaster rave and being like, hey, do you buy into this ethos? Are you willing to be part of this experience? Are you willing to give me the time of day? Are you willing to answer all of my dumb questions, because I will ask a lot of dumb questions and you're going to think that I'm really dumb when I ask these questions, but I'm a person who asks a lot of questions because that's how I learn and this is how I understand. So I am going to ask you, how many stems are in a bunch? How much does it actually wholesale for? When is it in season? What day of the week do they actually arrive in? What kind of colors do they come in? Like I will literally ask all of the noob questions. And I do it now as a way to kind of test out their appetite for building relationships because they could tell, like, if you ask the question of how many stems are a bunch, what day of the week do you normally get these in? Like when you ask these questions from, I'm just looking for information and facts and give me the details. What actually comes across to the wholesaler is, oh, this person wants to know the information. We're not apologizing. We're not hesitating. We're not, you know, wondering, oh my God, please don't think I'm such an idiot for asking these questions. It's like if the chef was going to the, you know, super bougie heirloom tomato guy and just being like, what day were these picked? What kind of fertilizer do you use? Is everything organic? Are you using this kind of thing? Are you using that kind of thing? How many general, like, I don't even know what kind of questions we can ask about heirloom tomatoes, but Chefs are asking so many questions, right? If we think about even just going to the fishmonger and this idea of like, okay, when did these come off the boat? How many hours have they been out of the water? Where were they caught? Who caught them? What kind of fishing methods were used? And that's probably the end of my fishmongering questions that I know. But if we put ourselves in any other category where we're dealing with fresh produce suppliers, of course, they're going to be asking questions. So you can do exactly the same thing. And I think it's such a great way to test, A, the patience of the wholesalers, and B, their appetite for actually being helpful. And that's one of my biggest values is I want to work with people who are willing to support me and willing to answer my dumb questions, because I'll only have to ask the question once and I will forever remember the answer. But if you're not willing to support me through this journey, I don't know if I want to continue to give you my business because I have that prerogative too, right? We get to decide where we want to spend our dollars and we get to decide what level of tolerance we have in terms of that partnership with our wholesalers. And that's the amazing thing about the world today is that there are so many new wholesalers and growers and 
flower farmers and people in your backyard who you could build relationships with knowing you have to put in the effort. There are some amazing human beings on this planet and amazing human beings who are so excited to talk and geek out with you in terms of the Dahlia genealogy and what they're doing with crossing this over that and why these worm casts are the greatest thing to give your dahlias and what time to cut your dahlias. And like the amount of information that I've learned about growing dahlias is phenomenal because those guys were willing to answer every single one of my questions. Like I picked their brain so much about random stuff and it's so incredibly fun. Now, it takes time and it takes effort. But that thought of I get to decide where I want to spend my money and I am going to go out of my way and ask some really dumb questions. And if you don't have the patience for me, shame on you. So here's the thing. For those of you who are able to order online and it's all laid out nice and pretty and the flowers get on an airplane or FedEx out to you, I really hope that one day you'll get on an airplane and we can all go into the shark infested waters of the Sydney flower market. <laughs> because it's an experience. It really is an experience. And it's an experience in so many like sensory overload kind of ways and the people watching and the famous florists and like the newbie people who are there and the public who are there and the, you know, Auntie Judy and her daughter who are getting married on Saturday and you're like elbowing out of the room with their shopping carts and their buckets and all the dumb things. That are there. But it's like, oh yeah, right, right, my friends. It is a sight to be seen. It's like Universal Studios in a totally different environment. We should totally be charging for admission, a very high ticket price to be going on a tour of the Sydney flower market. But I digress. Here's the thing. If you feel very intimidated about how to approach wholesalers, how to approach local growers, how to approach that random person you found on Instagram that grows the most amazing, I don't know, lilacs, peonies, whatever it is. You could be approaching any supplier. And these are like my golden rules in terms of what to do. Like you do with your customers, I want you to shower your wholesalers with kindness. Because unless you are a wholesaler or a distributor or a grower, you don't know what it's like to be in their shoes. And I know that's something that we were learned as a kid is like everybody has a story and we don't know what the story is. We don't know what their suffering is. We don't know what their struggles are. I could tell you right now. I know a lot about supply and demand of flowers, but I have no idea what it's actually like to be a wholesaler of flowers. All I see is risk. <laughs> I just see massive risk and angry florists. And I'm like, no. So I have so much empathy and sympathy for wholesalers because if we could spend more time thinking about what it's like to be in their shoes, we as the floral designers could also then sit down and think about how could we support our wholesalers? How could we support our growers so that we can even make it easier for them? I love this idea of we can have so much success in our business from a marketing and sales point of view if we're empathetic with our customers, if we put ourselves in our customers' shoes, we can do exactly the same thing with the quality and the supply of our own ingredients if we're empathetic with our wholesalers and our growers. Build a relationship with them. Understand what it's like to be them. Really dig in and get to know them as human beings. 
So number one is I want you to shower your wholesalers in kindness. Even if they're not showering it back to you, I want you to shower them in kindness. And I want you to say please and thank you. (laughs) Number two, and this one, do not underestimate this one in any instance, in any relationship that you have when you're working with customers or you're working with other businesses. Be professional. What I love thinking about is anytime you're dealing with customers, anytime you're interacting with suppliers, I want you to pretend like you are the receptionist in your own business. I want you to greet everybody and make eye contact. I want you to say please and thank you. I want you to ask them how their day is. I want you to charm them. I want you to wow them. And I want you to be professional. It gets you so far because it's one of the attributes in our business that is lacking in so many instances. And it very quickly puts you at the front of the pack. So when you're writing emails to a wholesaler, when you're paying your bills and you pay them on time, when you're setting up the paperwork, when you're going through the banking, whatever it is that you need to be doing, be professional. It's one of the easiest ways to win over suppliers, most importantly, paying your bills. But I think courteousness, courteousness, is that even a word? Courteousness? Who knows? Somebody should look that up in the dictionary. But being professional and being kind. Two secret weapons that are at your disposal right now, my friends. Number three, don't take it personally. The beautiful thing is when your wholesalers don't know you from Adam, you know for a fact they are not telling you that there's no more toffee roses because it's a personal attack on you as a human being. (laughs) Quite literally, they are trying to do the best job they can with what they have. And they are unable to predict the future, which is a shame. I think they will cash in greatly when they can predict the future, but don't take it personally. If they give all the fancy orchids to somebody else, it's okay, right? Because you're creative and you can come solve that problem in a better way, but don't take it personally. Number four, don't be afraid to ask dumb questions. Remember, and this is one of my like guiding principles and from a very young age working in advertising, this is such a helpful thought to have. Nobody was born knowing all the things. Nobody was born and nobody came out of the womb knowing about seasonal availability, knowing exactly how flower supply was going to be going down. Nobody knows all of the things and nobody was born knowing all of the things. For me, and this is why I'll tell you guys, like inside the private community, I am a question asker. It's how I learn the best. I also know that for me, I need to be the one who asks all the really silly, dumb, obvious questions. I've also learned over time, I'm happy to be the person in the room asking all the silly, dumb, obvious questions because it's a fact. If I've got this question, somebody else has this question. I am a huge fan of asking questions. I am a huge fan of asking the growers questions, particularly if you get to talk to and work with the growers directly, ask them as many questions as you can. However, being mindful of the fact that they have 9,000 things on their list, they are dictated by the weather and that they cannot control when the sun rises and the sun sets. So don't eat up too much of their time without asking permission first, but don't be afraid to ask the obvious question. This is how you can learn the fastest. And if you're dealing with wholesalers, ask them how the heck this whole thing works. 
most of them are super happy to explain it to you because they really do like what they do and they love the logistics and they love the challenge. And this is coming in from Amsterdam and that's coming over from Singapore and this is coming up from Melbourne. And I don't even know where that thing's coming in from. Same thing in terms of wherever you are in the world, but just asking them the questions in terms of how does this all work? I know you guys have heard me say this a few times where it's like, it's taken me five years to learn when amaranthus is actually in season. The real ticket being it's because it's available in Australia, like almost 52 weeks of the year. This whole idea of like, no wonder we don't know seasonal availability because they're importing so much product that we don't even know that there's seasons. (laughs) But this idea of asking them about the logistics of where does this come from? How does this stuff arrive? What happens when it gets here? What kind of scary chemicals are you guys like is having to be sprayed on this just to get it through agriculture Australia. Like what the heck is actually going on here? The more information, you know, one, the more you can start to educate your customers and two, the more you can start to plan ahead in terms of your own ingredients. It is. It's like, was that from NBC? That's not NBC. That was a thing from the kid when we were in nineties, wasn't it? Like the more, you know, with that star burst thing on it, the more, you know, anyway, I get distracted. If you were a kid in the 80s and 90s, that probably made sense to you. But there was some sort of something rather around the more you know. (laughs) I think that's so true because I think the amount of information we can learn about seasonal availability, flower supply, like I think we've barely even scratched the surface. And it's one of the most important and easiest ways for you to separate yourself from the competition is the information and the expertise that you have and sharing that, proactively sharing that with your customers. Just ask your wholesaler, where did this rose come from? What kind of journey has this rose been on? How long ago was it actually in contact with the dirt or the soil or the sun? It's so helpful to remember you can ask them questions. And if they don't want you asking questions, ask yourself if you want to continue to do work with them. And you can still say yes, right? You can still be like, well, they've got the best roses on the planet, or they've got the best cymbidiums, or they've got the best peonies that's fine. Then start finding other people you can ask your questions to. And number five, and this is tried and true, fake it till you make it. And the way that I have created that kind of sense, and I will say in myself, it's a false confidence in walking around the wholesalers because I am such a total feeling like such an imposter and a total fraud in that environment. But here's the thing. This one thought is gold my friends. If you are intimidated by walking into the wholesalers, building relationships with the wholesalers, please write this down. Because even if we compare ourselves to the famous florists who have a bajillion followers who've been in business and been in this industry for decades, right? These people who we literally know, these guys know their shit. Here's the one thought, the one belief that has served me so well. When it comes to navigating wholesalers and supply at a very specific period of time, if you're walking around the wholesalers right now, even if that designer has been a designer for her entire life, for decades, even if she's been in business and she's been associated with flowers for decades, she has never navigated availability on this day during this week with these weather conditions for this project. Because that's true. I don't care how long you've been in business for, you have a little bit of information about what's traditionally available, but given the weather conditions on this day, 
given the color palette of this project, given the supply and demand challenges right now, everybody's actually on an equal playing field. We're very quick and our brain is very quick to decide that we don't know enough, that somebody else has more experience and therefore they're more qualified and therefore they know more information, except nobody else has more information than you do about that project, floral supply right now, seasonal availability this week, these weather conditions, and all of the functions and facets that we have to navigate week in and week out as floral designers. My friend, that one thought has served me so well. So at the end of the day, when it comes to building relationships with your wholesalers, three things to keep in mind. One, wholesalers are people too. Just like you're sitting there feeling frustrated by your customers and wondering what to do to solve this problem and wishing somebody could come in and make things easier for you, your wholesalers are wishing the same thing from you. Just like you, they have customers pulling them in 15 directions. Tech shit is making them feel so frustrated. Shit's not working. One of their suppliers has come around and said it's not going to be there in time. Crazy weather is happening all over the place. And who knows what the heck's happening with government regulations on any given day of the week. I mean, it's not changing that quickly, but there is a lot for the wholesalers to navigate. There's a lot for growers to navigate. So put yourself in your grower's shoes, put yourself in your wholesaler's shoes, be professional, shower them with kindness. Don't be afraid to ask dumb questions. Don't take it personally and fake it till you make it, my friends, because nobody has had to navigate these logistics this week for this project because you got this, right? Okay, my friends, I hope that that's been helpful. Remember, building relationships with your wholesalers takes time. It takes persistence, but they're people too. Have the most amazing week. Drive safe. Drink your water, eat your vegetables, get some sleep. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.